Hey guys, before we get into the episode, you all know I'm a huge fan of fashion and I have been ever since I was a little girl. And my first job, by the way, was actually at Macy's. And my love for fashion began when I started there because I worked in the fragrance department, but of course my eye was always on the clothes and the makeup and everything related to style. But here's the thing, my relationship with Macy's didn't end once my days of asking people walking by if they wanted a sample of the latest scents came to an end. Nearly 20 years later, I still find myself choosing Macy's time and time again for literally everything. It's become a really beautiful full circle moment that they've been such amazing supporters of our show for so long. And when it comes to shopping, they have everything you need, whether I need a last minute outfit or Kevin needs a last minute outfit for our friend's wedding. We always head to Macy's. They've got us covered. So if you're in need of some retail therapy, perhaps, or looking to spruce up your home or your lifestyle, check out Macy's friends. I've curated a list of some of my favorite items that have helped me upgrade so many parts of my life, really my fashion the most, but of course home and baby and so much more. So check the link in the description and happy shopping Hill Squad. I'm on a journey to get better in all areas of life, from wellness and mental health to career and relationships and so much more. I know getting better isn't easy, but it's a whole lot easier when you can do it together. Welcome to Better Together with me, Maria Menunos. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to Better Together. When you know better, you get better. That's what we do here every single day. And we are getting better and we're doing it together, which is fun. Our quote of the day, laughter is the sun that drives winter from the human face. <laughs> well, I thought it was kind of nice. I was like, you know, I'm like, you always talk about how, you know, laughter is healing and comedy must rule. And I feel like uh-huh. with our guest today, he's very much in that same boat. So I was like, I love it. Okay. I thought I was try- I was like Googling, you know comedy mental health quotes <laughs> like <laughs> I'm dead right now that's from Victor Hugo so I just want to know what winter from the human face looks like um, I think it looks like sadness that's what I would guess but that's if you interpret winter as sad some people love winter true I think I'm, I'm thinking of it in terms of like seasonal depression disorder you know like how people get that okay. when it is winter Slash. I see it as like you know, when you're ruddy and everything's like red and like you have the like winter burn. Oh, that's okay. kind of my visual. Oh, I like Pooj, that. Do you have a visual? I was thinking more along the lines of Kels. Like maybe it's just because I get sadder in the winter. <laughs> <laughs> you're not winter girls. So. Yeah, I'm not a winter girl for sure. Okay. All right. Very interesting. Laughter is the sun that drives <laughs> winter from the human face. <laughs> <laughs> and you get more pale in the winter, you know? Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's true. This is hilarious. (laughs) I love when a quote smacks me in the face like that. Oh, and how funny we're talking about winter leaving your human face. Anyhow, uh, what up, Heel Squad? Thanks for joining us. If you are new to the Heel Squad, welcome, 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 friends. This is what we do here every day. We bring in amazing guests, whether they're doctors or healers or gurus or thought leaders, uh, anybody who can help us get better in all the areas of life. This is your uh, life improvement show. It's your um, getting better show and we do it together. So it's a lot more fun that way. I'm coming to you from Connecticut. The girls are in uh, Los Angeles and I'm going to tell you about a harrowing rescue this morning here in <laughs> Connecticut. So it rained yesterday. 
So I'm cranking the umbrella in the, the backyard, the dining table umbrella. And as it's opening up, I see something in the corner. So there's like the metal rods that like spread the umbrella out. Right. And it's a frog and I'm cranking and the frog's getting more squished. Oh, into no. The, into the umbrella. So I'm like, what's happening? So With then I un- unhook him. And I go over and I put my hand there almost like, like you would with a bird when a bird would like just hop on. He hopped on. No way. And then he kind of cuddled himself. Oh. Like he put his little frog arm around himself. And I'm oh. like, oh, hi, guy. I got you. Mm. And I was kind of inspecting his body. He he looked okay. Luckily, they're very mushy. So I think he was able to mush and then unmush. Um, and then he didn't want to leave me. It was really cute. Wow. I feel like that's so unlike frogs, at least the ones that I met in Connecticut. They're just like bopping away. Wow. Well, he's a toad because the frogs are green. The toads are Mm. like, he looked like concrete with like herpes on him or something. (laughs) (laughs) Poor little guy. But he had a mustard yellow belly and legs anyway so I had to like be like dude I got I got shit to do so I I put him into the the bushes where he would be safe then we rescued Kevin had it like a freak attack the two were right by the pool and they might fall in I go who are you oh my god (laughs) like he was like super worried then there was another rescue attempt because oh my god there have been a lot of rescue attempts um, we're, we're going to get into our interview with Andy Richter, by the way, <laughs> let me just tell you before I give you all my animal stories from Connecticut, but Andy Richter, who you guys all I'm sure know, actor, comedian, uh, he was the longtime comedic accompanist to, uh, the great Conan O'Brien. Mm-hmm. So we're going to be chatting with him today about mental health and, uh, so much more, but, um, before we get to that, I'm going to finish <laughs> two more quickies. So my dad is chopping these trees down here because he's going to add on to one of our sheds so that we can put all of our patio furniture in there. And then eventually we want to build a pickleball court. So he's cutting all these trees down so we can flatten that. And so, you know, we're envisioning having this for like events and, you know, fundraisers and stuff. So, all right. My dad starts cutting a tree. I'm on this like very important FaceTime. And the tree goes down. Now I remembered he told me that there was a huge nest in the tree. So I was like, what? So I ran over and I'm trying to like flip the nest over to see if there's anything in there. Thankfully it was empty, but it was probably like a hawk nest back in the day that was just not being used right now. Damn. I forget. And then there was Connecticut's just like full of nature. I like it's the wildlife there is ridiculous. Oh yeah. Someone saw a bear on my birthday desk down the road. Oh my God. So we have bears. There was a mountain lion that walked through the backyard like a month ago here. And this bird made a nest in the um, front porch in the lights. And one fell, actually a couple fell. My dad said over time, one um, we rescued and I'm trying to like wedge him back up into the light so that he can be up there and he keeps trying to fall out or jump out. I'm like, dude, you can't be with me. Like, I don't know how to raise you. Oh, it's a lot of intensity going on here. A lot of rescuing. Wow. Yeah. A lot of animal rescue. I'm trying to see. Where... I wonder if Andy's ever rescued an animal. I'm sure he has. <laughs> we'll have to ask him. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyhow, I have to find my phone because it's buzzing somewhere here. In the meantime, let's take a quick break and we'll be back with Andy Richter. 
Hey, Hill Squad and Better Together fam. It's been a tough year, but we hear from so many of you just how much our content is helping you heal and get better, and it makes us feel so good. Our team works so hard to deliver this life-changing content, and a lot of you guys ask, how can I have a bigger role in our Heal Squad community, or how can I do my part to help Better Together continue to uplift even more people? First of all, thank you for that sentiment, and we're so grateful for this community. If you could help us by giving us a five-star rating and a comment on Apple Podcasts. That's amazing. Second, you could join the Better Together with Maria Menounos Instagram page. Third, you could share the show with a friend in need. And finally, for as little as $10 a month, please join our Patreon to get monthly live heal events with world-class healers, ad-free episodes of our show, and even weekly bonus episodes exclusive to Patreon. Getting better isn't easy, but it is a whole lot better when we can do it together. We love and appreciate and are so grateful for all of you. Such a coffeeaholic. We got a farm down here that um, that has some, you know, really good fresh dairy and their heavy cream is like crack. So oh, I yeah, like yeah, oh, yeah. mix a dollop of it with the almond milk and I'm like, this is so good. Yes, yes. No, it's that's it's, you know, like I. Um, for, my will Arnett's a friend of mine and he's it's so funny because he's very healthy except it's always half and half in the coffee which i guess is like a canadian thing like canadians are like that's one area where you know (laughs) you know you're gonna drink coffee you're gonna put something in it it's gonna be half and half yeah i you know what i'm not i'm not opposed to it i feel like it's such a small amount you're like whatever it's not a big deal and listen i mean i'm i'm certainly not uh, one to be talking about a healthy diet, but I do, I mean, I do feel like, you know, it's all moderation, you know, I mean, I, I, I need to lose weight, but I have, I just had a physical and everything's good. You know, all the levels Yay. are good. Yeah. All the levels and everything are good. Uh, I just, you know, I, I just hate exercise. <laughs> I hate cardio. Just hate really? So yeah, what just, do you do? Do you do like walking? I, I do or? walking. Well, you know, for a lo- I, I work out with a trainer. So uh, so I always I worked out with a trainer and we would kind of, you know, we do stuff that would keep my heart rate up while we're doing that. Uh, but now that I'm left to my own devices, it's like. I guess I could walk the dog up a hill, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm not I'm not too good at it. I'm trying to get better at it be more self-directed, but self-direction has never been a, a big, a big, uh, uh, like it's never been one of my strong points. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. like, it, you have to know what you are, right? Um, like Kinda. I'm, I'm easily coached. I love being coached and I'm very disciplined, but you know, there are things that just, I mean, organization, I just, yeah. I have to fight those demons all yeah. the time. Yeah. 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 Um, I hate instructions, <laughs> anything with instructions. <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm going to just figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you have attention stuff too? Yeah. I yeah. think we kind of all do, to be honest, we all grew up with MTV and it was all just so yeah. frenetic and then it's only gotten worse since. Yeah. So. No, I mean, I, I know I have attention deficit issues, you know, I mean, cause both of my kids do and I just, and, I, you know, and like now knowing a little bit more about it, like I like my mom, definitely she has ADD, you know, she just, you know, you didn't call it anything before. It yeah. was just like it was just like you were kind of a bad student or you uh, had trouble focusing or whatever. You just learn to cope with it. Do you feel like being able to have that 
kind of label helped you understand yourself better? Because I go the opposite way. I'm like, I don't want to be tested for anything. I, I'm just going to white knuckle through everything. Yeah, the yeah. more I know, the worse it'll be. So it's better just not to know. <laughs> anxiety? Me? I, yeah, maybe I got a little anxiety. I don't know. <laughs> no, I like to know. I like to know. And I mean, and I know, you know, you had a, you know, a, a cancer thing a while ago. And I just, because I read an article about it. And I know, like, you were trying to not know, and then you had to know, right? You know, well, it was benign, thank God, but it was a brain tumor. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and but, you know, it, but you kind of said like, oh, I'm just working too hard. Like that's the article I read. You're like, oh, it's just because I'm working too hard. But it's like, no, you're slurring your speech. <laughs> like, I know. You know yeah. yeah. I, I thought that, first of all, who's going to think they have a brain tumor? I know. So for me, it was like, I wasn't even, cause you know, when you're working, you're so busy, everything's moving at lightning speed. You don't have time to actually sit and feel anything. And so symptoms were racking up, but it was just like, oh, I'm just exhausted. It's just stress. Oh, it's just this. Oh, it's just that. And then it's like, oh no, it's something yeah, totally yeah, different. Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, it's when you, yeah, that when you have that first that first big health scare of your life, then that you're like, oh yeah, from now on, when something happens, I think I'll seek help out, you know, considering. Yep. Yeah. I know my doctor probably thinks I'm like crazy now because I'm always like, um, so I'm having this thing or I'm having this pain, or I'm on Google constantly just looking things up. And I'm yeah, like, yeah. what could this be? Because when you've had the craziest thing happen, right. You're like, well, something else crazy could be possible. Sure. So I gotta, I gotta right. look out for this. <laughs> I might have monkeypox. You never know. Oh my God, no. <laughs> oh man, I have to say, I started my morning. I've been starting my mornings at five a.m. I'm working on uh, resetting my circadian rhythm. Mm -hmm. And someone who hates waking up early, like me, um, it's actually changed me for the better because I have all this extra time in the morning to, you know, meditate and read. And I was watching your Instagrams and you made me crack up laughing. I'm in the woods by myself outside, mm -hmm. like peeing in my pants laughing. And, um, you were talking about how you were shooting a video or you wanted to shoot a video in your backyard or something. And people were watching and yeah. you're like, why tell the story? Because it was so funny to me. Because like, we all do this and it yeah. makes no sense. I Well, I have a podcast called The Three Questions. And every week I've been trying lately to, you know, just make a little selfie video uh, promoting it because it does make a difference in terms of like people watching it or not. And I'm just trying, and you know, and like with the people that I produce it, I'm trying to just get it promoted more throughout the week rather than just putting it out there and then hoping that people listen. So. I thought, oh, I got to, you know, I've got to, I got to promote the, I got a video, you know, it's like another chore, like, <laughs> oh, I got to do this selfie. So um, I, I was doing them in the car, like most people do them in the car, but then people are like, why are you always in your car? So I'm like, okay, I'll go to my nice backyard and get some greenery behind me. And I started to do it. And of course the first take was crappy. Uh, so I start to do it again. And then my neighbor comes out in his backyard and you know, the houses are close enough that he's going to see me going like, hi everybody. Uh, 
so, check out my podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I just kind of stopped and then I went to the car. And when I started taping it, I mean, I, I just like to kind of be honest about it. I said, well, I was going to tape it in the backyard. But my neighbor <laughs> came out and I felt like a tool for making a <laughs> selfie video promoting my podcast. And, and I said, so I, I'm here in the car now. And I said, and I know it's crazy because I'm putting the video on the Internet. Like everyone's going to see it. It's not like it's some dirty little secret thing that I'm just sending to one person. I'm putting it on the internet. So why would it matter that my neighbor sees me do it? And I don't know why, but it's still, it feels dirty. It feels like somebody catching you doing something, you know, I just something like very personal or, you know, uh, uh, unappealing. And that you're just like, oh, I don't want anyone to see me doing this. I'm dying honestly it connected so much for me girls I don't know how you feel about that or if you feel like that when you're shooting stuff because you're a different generation and maybe it's just totally normal but for us we still lived in a time where there were no cell phones and yeah you know like it's just still strange for me too to grab a video in front of people and do it and again the whole goal is to have people watch yes yes <laughs> but nobody can watch what we're doing but you yet. don't want to yeah don't look at me doing it Maybe I was thinking maybe because I thought about this a lot after I had plenty of time out there. Um, I thought about it after and I said, well, we're used to filming in front of just a few people that also know we're going to flub. We're going to like, you know, have multiple takes as you know, for what we do. So maybe that that cushion isn't afforded when it's a stranger and we have that kind of fear. I I don't to me, it's like I, I feel. It just to me, it feels like. And this might be a Midwestern thing. It feels like, well, Lottie da, look at that guy over there, you know, doing his th like what a vain idiot, like, you know, taping yeah. himself. And I never you know, I, I mean, when I used to do stuff out in the field for the for the Conan show and I, I. I didn't like it when strangers were walking by doing stuff. But I just kind of had to get used to it. And I mean, but and there at least you've got a crew. And so it's like, well, this is obviously this guy's job. Yeah. When you're just going, hey, everybody, you know, it just, you know, and it's just because like everybody has a podcast. So you're just, it's just like, oh, yeah, I'm one of those guys. I'm one, I'm of, one those. of those guys. Check me out. I'm an influencer. You know, <laughs> everyone should listen to me. One of the one of the most embarrassing ones I ever had. I was in the movie uh, Talladega Nights, and in it I played uh, Sasha Baron Cohen's husband, and it, it's a you know it's a NASCAR movie, and there was a scene where I was he and I were supposed to it's a it was supposed to be after a race and he wins and then he and I do a big kiss and in the script it was supposed to be like a big shocker to the you know because he's a Formula One guy. And he's gay and he's coming to conquer NASCAR. So it was supposed to be like everyone like, oh, my God, it's two men kissing. And we're shooting We're the day we're supposed to shoot that. They tacked it on the end of the day when we were shooting at a NASCAR bar in Charlotte, North Carolina. And they just set up a flat because, you know, it's it's outdoors. And you just, you know, like when you see someone winning a race, they're just standing in front of a flat with you know, champagne or whatever. Yeah. And they just set it up in the parking lot of a supermarket was where we shot that. 
like as we're losing light, you know, like the, the just, oh yeah, we have it set up outside. So like I had, you know, Sasha and I had to make out like five times as people in Charlotte, North Carolina are just like driving by with their groceries. Like, oh, there's two fellas over there smooching. Oh so my that, God. That was a little bit, you know, that, that was a little bit weird. And I mean, you know, it was made only slightly weirder by the fact that it was a man that I was kissing. If I would <laughs> had to, if I'd had to been kissing a woman, it would have been, it would have been weird too. It would have felt very, very unnatural. I, yeah. I just would have felt very, so it's just, it's self-conscious, you know, you, you know, like, but Andy, that's that, the greatest movie of all time. So, Oh, well, thank you. It's thank you. So good. Thank you. Thank you very much. And that's a great scene. So it's worth it, was, it for the story. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> when you're on the go 24-7 like me, guys, finding ways to make life easier is so important for my health and sanity. <laughs> and that's exactly what my friends at Macy's do for me. From working there as a teenager to now going to them for so many of my daily essentials, it's been my go-to for so many years. And having everything in one place is such a time saver for me. With being a first-time mom, for a while now, as you know, I've had plenty of those and being able to rely on them for all the things has been amazing. Plus having everything in one place has made being a new mom just a little bit easier for me. So I know we're all focusing on our families, our health, hopefully our jobs and everything in between, but it's time to make your life a little easier. And to help you out, I've curated all of my essentials from Macy's for you and the whole fam. All the details are in the show notes below, or you can just click the link in the description to get your hands on them too. I have some new picks on there. This little bomber jacket, this little black dress. You're going to love it. Was Michael Clark Duncan in that one too? Yes. He okay, was. Okay, so I, I remember the... being on set there. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, did I you think... interview him? I think I actually broke Will Ferrell's knuckles that day because <laughs> I was super hyped and excited. And I was like, you want to play knuckles? And he goes, sure. What's knuckles? Like, I'll put out your, your fist. And he goes, okay. And then I went boom and smashed his knuckles with mine. <laughs> I didn't know I was going to hit him that hard. He was like, yeah. ow. And then he grabbed Michael <laughs> Clark and he goes, do it to him. That one hurt. <laughs> yeah. Uh, God yeah, that was that cool. was a really fun, a really fun movie to shoot. It was I'm uh, sure. Yeah. It but was see, like those group. movies are done. That's like it's so sad, and I'm sure way sadder for you. But in COVID, I was doing, you know, outdoor movie nights, and we would be watching Step Brothers and all these movies, and I'm like, yeah. They're all gone. They're all too inappropriate for this day. And I'm like, <laughs> am I ever going to get to laugh again? I know that we don't have to have inappropriateness to laugh. I know, but you know what yeah. I'm saying. No, I know what you're saying. Well, I think, I mean, it's hard to get things made that aren't, I mean, Will Ferrell's still going to be making movies. And I, you know, and so you're still going to get comedies from him, from him, but they're not as many because everything's got to be freaking superheroes now and everything's got to be ip intellectual property i mean they'd be more likely to make a a movie based on cap and crunch than they would based on a, just some idea of like will ferrell and some you know like it, everything has to be something that already exists in order for it to be made yeah. so it's a lot harder for movies like like bridesmaids I don't oh know. If, I don't know if Bridesmaids and that's one of the funniest movies. That's one of my favorite comedies Ever. of all time. 
Yeah. And I don't know. I don't know how easy it would be to make that movie now. And I know everybody says that kind of thing, but really and truly bridesmaids probably would be a Hulu movie now or an Amazon movie now, if it were being made today. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, okay. It'll still get made, but it's not the same thing. I mean, nobody knows what that happens, what's going to happen with movies anyway. Since COVID, the theaters are, it's also weird. I haven't been to see a movie in a theater. <laughs> My daughter made me go to Jackass. And then oh, the, I went to Jackass too. Yeah, it was yeah. awesome. That was, that was the only movie I've seen. In the <laughs> well, no, I did see, I saw a screening of licorice pizza. That was um, so good. Yeah. But like, I haven't, I'm not buying tickets to go see movies. I can wait a couple of weeks and, until it plays at home, you know? Uh, so I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen to movie theaters. Yeah, I think they'll be fine. I think that also just like the comedy thing, the pendulum always swings the other way eventually. Yeah. Yep. So right now it's all Marvel, Captain Crunch, whatever. Eventually, because, you know, you start to see movies and you're like, like even like Rish Pizza and you're like, oh my God, like a real movie again. Yeah. How cool. Yeah. Like, yeah. So the thirst has to come back for that stuff, um, you know, and, and it will. But comedies, like I just all day, I'm like, can I, I Google best comedy? And I'm like, I've seen everything 15 times because yeah. I just I want to laugh in life. Yeah. 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 It's hard. It's hard. And also comedy, you know, comedy, it's it's not easy to make a good one. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, there you can make a comedy very easily, but to make it a good one is really hard. And even really good people. You look at anybody, any co- comedy like. Name names, Tina Fey, Will Ferrell, Zach Galifianakis, Ed Helms, all these people that have made amazing comedies have also uh, have also made some comedies that aren't so good. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it's 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 you're it, there's nobody with a suit. You, you know, if you have a high batting average, it means maybe 30 percent of your output is really, really good um, just because, you know, it's really hard to. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of things that can go wrong and there's a lot of a, a lot of stuff to control in the movie that gets out of your control you know whether you're the producer or the writer or the you know the the star of it it just you know you 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 kind of make it day to day and then you hope it comes out good and you know and i mean cuz you know i i i haven't worked on movies for a long time just from doing conan for the you know last 11 years 12 years and uh but I mean, there are plenty of movies I worked on. I was like, this is really fun. This is really good. And then he, it comes out and it's like, ugh. Yeah, they edited it a little wrong. Yeah, or yeah. just like, or just like, yeah, just didn't work. come together right. I don't know. Like, mm, you know. Yeah. So what are you in the entertainment industry? Are you excited for? Are you excited to do to do more comedy and movies and TV? Like, what are you looking yeah. for? I know you have your acting. show. Acting. Yeah. I, acting is is the main thing. Um, and that was, you know, like the, the, when the Conan show, it wound down about a year ago and it was very, it was bittersweet. It was like, you know, it was kind of time for it to go anyway. And I mean, and it ended COVID made it end kind of in a nice way because we were taken out of the context of that studio and we finished up for like the last year in the, in, in the Largo theater in West Hollywood. So it was only like about six or seven of us making the show towards the end. Oh, wow. So it was just like Conan and I got to just hang out together for the last year. And we spent like 
we were only there a couple hours a day, but we were with each other the entire couple hours. Whereas during, you know, when we shot the show regular, we, you know, I'd be in my office, he'd be in his office. We'd come down for rehearsal. We'd get dressed, we'd come out through the show and then we'd go home. So it was just a, it was really nice. And, and people were so nice when it ended up and so many comedians said so many nice things about what the show had meant to them, which is like a thrill when I think about all the shows as a young comedy person that meant so much to me and that were inspirational to me to be one of those to then younger people is really, I, I can't ask for anything more um, except I will, of course um, I'll ask for a lot more, but one thing, you know, one thing that was always, you know, I set out, I went to film school. I did improv. I wanted to be, in movies and television. And I wanted to be an actor in movies and television. And so, you know, getting on the Conan show and being myself on TV was not anything I set out to do. I loved doing it. And it gave me a life and a career and, you know, a ability to feed my kids and send them to nice schools. Um, but it wasn't what I set out to do. So now I do have the freedom to, to act more now i just i just need the the act <laughs> i need the jobs to come uh because again it's just really slow and you know and i would feel i would start firing agents but i know it's happening to everybody like all my friends are all the same you know that are sort of the same age and everything they're all like yeah, yeah. it's really it's just not there's not you know there's not there's not 12 comedies on network television that are I coming know. up every year there's just a lot less comedy jobs there's a lot less network jobs, um, but I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm only, you know, I only panic every now and then, uh, but which I guess what I mean, you know, I was just talking, you know, I, I had, was talking to Brett Gelman, uh, the actor uh, who's on Stranger Things now, and he's been on, all, you know, he's on uh, uh, Fleabag and lots of different things, but you know, we know a bunch of people in common and we are just talking about it never get, you never get over the feeling of like, well, I guess I'll never work again. Yeah. You know, I just, as long as you do, as long as you're doing this stuff, it always feels like, well, they figured it out. I'm no good. You know, <laughs> like it's been a fluke <laughs> up until now. I've been, you know, I've been pulling the wool over their eyes. But that's um, like what comes with it that people don't realize is, you know, um, there's so much sacrifice involved in it and so much you have to be able to take yeah. to do what you love. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's, it's, it's a scary thing. I definitely yeah. could never have done it full time in that way because I need that security to feel safe. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. It's a sweet life. I'm not saying, you know, like we're it's heroic or anything. It's just, we picked a job that's got a tremendous amount of rejection that's got, uh, uh, you know, this, that doesn't have a lot, a lot of stability compared to a lot of other jobs. Mm -hmm. I mean, my parents used to ask me, you know, in between the late night show and, and going back to work for Conan in, in 2009, they'd be like, so what, you know, I'd be working on something. They say, so what, what after, after this is over, what, what do you do? I'm going to I don't know. And they'd be like, how do you do that? that yeah. I'm like, I don't, it's compartmentalization. You just take that fear and you shove it in a box and you put it away and you're like, well, <laughs> I don't, I don't know what's coming and I got a mortgage and I got two kids, but 
I just have to have faith that some job will come along and I'll, I'll do it. And you just, you know, and, and if you do any kind of therapy, you're, you're, the idea is to avoid compartmentalization to, you know, like to don't, you don't shove things into a box and put them away. You, mm-hmm. you make your life one whole thing. You know, you don't have a separate life with one person and a separate relationship with another person. I mean, and I'm not talking about like, you know, I'm not talking about like having a, you know, secret families. I just mean, <laughs> you know, you should be the same person you are at work that you are at home just as a general kind of mental health thing. And uh, but with show business, you can't do that. You have to have the ability to just put all this anxiety and all this worry away. And also like a lot of the nonsense and, you know, the sort of the stuff that might make your ego inflate. You got to put that away when you come home because that doesn't have any place at home. You can't come home and be like number one on the call sheet at home. Nobody yeah. cares, you know, when you get home, it's like, you know, your kids don't care much that you're on TV, really. And thank God, I've always said, like, imagine having a kid be your fan, like your kid be your fan, like, ugh, yuck, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, my, I mean, my kids like me. <laughs> I don't mean to say it like that, but but I certainly wouldn't want them. I, I wouldn't want them to be too interested in in what I was doing. Cause it just doesn't feel natural. I mean, yeah. you know, you, especially, you know, when you put your emphasis on, on your kids forging their own identity, yeah, you know, it's fine. I, I, I don't mind it's, you know, and also it's like, as long as my kids are nice, polite people out in the world, they can be whatever they want to me, you know, uh, you know, and I, my people have always complimented my children or uh, complimented me on my children and said, they're so polite and so thoughtful. And I'm like, well, they are to you. Uh, so I, I'm glad <laughs> that's you get all that to matters. Yeah. And that's all that matters. I'm glad you get to enjoy that because boy, that's not the same thing at home. Um, that's funny. That's how so, it works. All right, friends, let's talk about something we all do snack. Trust me. I've definitely overindulged in the past, but as you know, I am focused on my health these days. And I think I found the healthier snack that you don't have to lose out on the flavor. And it's definitely become my go-to. It first came into the house because of Kevin. He was obsessed with wonderful pistachios. And then I got addicted. And now it's in my travel bag. I don't leave home without it. It's in our glove compartments because they don't melt. Right now, my favorite flavor is the sweet chili flavor. It feels like some of the naughtier kind of snacks I used to use where I used to lick my fingers after. Now I lick them and I feel safer. Um, Plus, wonderful pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. That's crazy, guys. So if you're looking for the perfect snack, trust me and head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com to snag a bag of wonderful pistachios. You're going to love them. I remember my mom always struggling with her hair. It's frizzy Maria, my mom would say in her Greek accent. Tiehis, what do you have? I tried so hard to find her products. I wish I could share these products I'm using now with her because I know she would be so happy to finally have good hair days. 
I've always believed that hair is a woman's best accessory. And with Way's new anti-frizz cream, you can ensure that your hair always looks its best without the frizz stealing the spotlight. It's a lightweight cream that not only provides immediate frizz control, but also helps prevent heat damage. And get this, it lasts up to 72 hours. That's three whole days of frizz-free, gorgeous hair. Way seriously has some of my favorite products for taming the frizz. Pro tip, one of my biggest discoveries is using the Way hair oil on the ends of my hair before I dry it. Let me tell you, it's a game changer. Once it's dry, my hair looks so smooth and polished. I don't even need to do anything else. It is incredible. I love it. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter the promo code Heel Squad for 15% off any product. That's the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code Heel Squad. Trust me, you won't regret it. I wonder, Andy, then you must have had backup plans in your mind. If things get close and I don't have a job and I have to pay the mortgage, what were those backup plans in your mind? I'm curious. Um, well, throughout most of my career, I didn't really, I mean, I, uh, they would be some other, you know, if like things, if things fell apart, I could write on a show. You know, I could, I could, and I mean, and I have, I'm lucky to have lots of different things that I can do. Like I, I can host game shows. I can appear on game shows. I can, uh, I direct television commercials, um, which I, I haven't done very much of. Uh, and I, I was doing it when I could throughout the Conan show. Um, but it's, it's, you know, it's the time. It's just not enough time. You know, when you, when you direct a commercial, the clients want you to be around. And I, you know, when I was on the Conan show, it would be like, well, you can have me all day Friday and mornings, Monday through Wednesday, you know, and that yeah. just doesn't work that way. <laughs> um, and I can, you know, and I can write and I can develop and I can produce a television show. I mean, that's one of the things about working on the Conan show is I was helping produce a daily television show. I, I know how to, I know how to make a television show. Mm-hmm. Um, so I could, you know, I could adjust in that way. Um, but early on, it was always, I always thought I could, I was, I'm from Chicago. I started out in, in commercials mostly and in, in production on commercials. And I just, you know, I could always go to advertising. You know, I always, you know, there's jokes or jokes and I could write jokes for a TV show, I can write jokes for Twitter. I can write jokes for a Dawn dishwashing detergent ad. You know, I mean, that yeah. was always, I always had that to do too. So it's, you know, there's some, some level of creative work that mm-hmm. I could find a, a niche for, for myself. Yeah. I know when I first came out to LA or was dreaming about coming out here, I always was like, okay, I'm going to get good at a lot of things because I need a lot of backup plans. If I fail at this, I'm going to be ready with this. If I fail at that, I'm going to be ready with that. So I always wonder. um, And, you know, I know you've you've spoken publicly about um, mental health stuff. I wonder um, what that journey was like for you, where it started, because what we do here every single day is we're talking about our health, whether it's mental, physical, emotional, spiritual. And we hear a lot about comedians and mental health. Um, and, you know, sometimes they're even like in the middle of a comics act, they'll talk about how it kind of goes hand in hand. Yeah. Um, what do you think about that? Um, yeah, I think generally speaking, uh, comedians are 
Uh, yeah, and it it varies, but comedians, especially stand-up comedians, are a miserable bunch. <laughs> um, and but even like improv comedians, there's I you know it it it's very rare that you come across a really funny, good comedy person, comedian person who is just like well put together and has a great relationship with their parents and isn't plagued by depression or anger or anxiety. It's just sort of happy-go-lucky person. And I don't, I think a part of that is because what makes I mean, you got, you, you have the knack to, for being funny in the first place, but usually a core of, of being funny is complaining. Is 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 like I'm gonna is, tell my husband that too. He says that I'm a like, complainer. I'm like I'm funny actually. Yeah. Well, no, but I mean, you know, most comedians end up poking holes in things, making fun of things that need to be made fun of. You know, whether it's a, you know, a a, a blowhard teacher or you know some silly thing that your mom does. You know, I mean, there's it usually comes down to. You're, you're scanning and you're seeing like, okay, what's, where's their weakness? Where's there something wrong here? You look at it and you can, you know, if you're, you know, if you're, if you end up in a life of public service, like if you're some sort of crusading politician, you look at what's wrong and you try to fix it earnestly. Whereas if you're a comedian, you look at what's wrong and you crack a joke about it. You know, you're a smart ass about it. <laughs> And, and then I think it just builds from there. It just, you know, it's, it's a lot of noticing what's wrong with the world. And, and, and then, and if you've got a list of what's wrong with the world that you can turn jokes into, there's a flip side to that, which is probably not real happy. You know, it's, you know, if you're walking around, with a list, yeah, with a list of complaints. And if you're l walking around looking at like, well, things could be a lot better, you know, that that has a weight to it that that begins to sort of, you know, it gets heavy. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, and I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not a neurologist or a psychiatrist, but uh, I mean, that's to me, it's always I mean, when I was a kid, I was always a funny kid, but there were. Like people would that would say kids and, it's, you know, when kids learn the word cynical, they'd be like, you're so cynical. I'd be like, no, I'm just, you know, I mean, look, if there's I'm I'm just pointing out what's wrong, you know, like, sorry that I'm not like everything's great. Everything's, you know, la -da. yeah, boy, <laughs> all my teachers are great. Like, no, they're some of them are kind of shouldn't even be teaching. And, uh, <laughs> you know, and let's talk about it. And. And let's talk about it in a way that makes us laugh, because that actually is a lot more scary than talking about it in a serious way. <laughs> it's more scary to talk about it like that. That's funny. Yeah, yeah. I um, we have a rule in our house. My husband's always like, "Comedy must rule." So yeah, no matter what it is, like the brain tumor, whatever, we have to laugh about it. Yeah, and we have to crack jokes about it. So it gets really like severe when you know, like a brain tumor happens. And my best friend is like, would you just stop making jokes about this? This is not funny. And she's crying and I'm laughing. Like I'm singing jingles the night before surgery. 
was yeah. the night before surgery and all through the house. Not a creature was happy. And she's like, shut up. Stop yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, little... I mean, yeah, you know, uh, it's it's a definitely a coping mechanism. And there's a lot worse coping mechanisms. I mean, you know. I, I for yeah, I mean, I've always that's always kind of been from you know with like just you know severe dysfunction in in my childhood and people laughing about it, you know, like ruined Thanksgivings that are just like ha ha ha, how drunk that guy was. And did you hear that scene? You know, it's it's you know, uh, it's just what we do, it's just what. And, you know, I think a lot of people do it. I mean, mm-hmm. people go to see comedies for a reason. You know, it's it, it it makes the world less scary in lots of ways. If you can yeah. laugh at it, you have a power over it. I mean, I'm sure that, you know, that's when you got a brain tumor, if you can laugh at your brain tumor, it doesn't seem so scary, you know, Yeah. because you're laughing at it. it yeah. It's something, something that you're laughing at, you know. I really you could like laugh that. in Dracula's face. It, Dracula wouldn't be that that scary, you know. Yeah, I think um, I think you're right. It's actually a really great quote. If you can laugh at it, you you take the power back. Yeah, I think that's really really poignant, and maybe that's what we're always trying to do. Because when you're when something bad happens and you go into you know like I can't believe this is happening, which is essentially like a victim mode, um, you're giving away your power. So what a cool way to um to take it back is yeah. is with a little comedy. Yeah. I mean, you know, everything in moderation. You know, you can't do it. <laughs> you can't do it with everything. You know, I did it with a brain tumor. Andy, <laughs> yeah. I think. That's but I mean, pretty good. <laughs> but that's a pretty good one. But I mean, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah. You know, like you can't laugh at everything. You know, like when your partner says, I have a problem with this, you can't laugh in their face about everything. That's not good. I only That's laugh at good. like 80%. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, you're giving him 20%. That's something. As a first time mom with a baby, I'm always on the go, whether it's running errands, getting my coffee, going to doctor's appointments, or just spending quality time with little Athena. And that's why I rely on wonderful pistachios to keep me fueled and ready for anything, no matter where I am. Kevin even keeps us bag stashed in the nursery. <laughs> you know, for the nighttime hunger moments. Wonderful pistachios comes in a variety of flavors and sizes, making them the perfect snack to have literally any time, whether I'm enjoying them during a quick break in between taping this show or I'm on the go and it's in the diaper bag. I do carry it in my travel bag and they're in my car. At this point, when I'm leaving the house, I think keys, wallet, wonderful pistachios. <laughs> Bonus, wonderful pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts with six grams of protein in every one ounce serving. So on top of all that, they keep me feeling satisfied. I'm energized while I'm juggling all this crazy stuff in life. Next time you're looking for a convenient and guilt-free snack, head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com and stock up on your favorite flavors today. Minus the sweet chili. Ah, that's funny. I live, live, live to make people laugh, especially my husband. If I can get him to laugh, it just makes my whole day because he's not like a big laugher. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so do you have any like mental health tips, mental health uh, practices that you have learned that have been helpful to you? I uh, just don't be afraid to seek out help. Don't sit on misery. Uh, I mean, one of the things I always say, you wouldn't walk around with a broken leg. Mm-hmm. You know, if there's a bone sticking out of your leg, you're not going to be like, eh, I'll, I'll get over it. You know, like it's just, 
I'm just, I'm being weak. You know, like I, if I was more like my dad and strong and stoic, this broken leg would no, it. You got a broken leg. You go get a cast on it. And if you're depressed, if you're anxious, if you're paralyzed by some kind of emotional roller coaster that you cannot control, you need to get help with it. And, and that, and that is a professional. And there's now, especially there's so many different ways to get help and, and affordable ways to get help. I mean, that's why I know there's a, there's a, an affordable one that you had mentioned. I think um, that I started sending people this morning because it was in my research. Yeah. I do ads for better help. Yeah. Uh, And they, and they, and it's, you know, you get it, it. It's a sliding scale. Um, and it's, and you don't have to, you know, you can do it from home. You can do it over the, over the internet. Uh, you don't even have to see the person if you don't want to see the person. I mean, I don't want to, you know, I mean, I, wasn't it like 30 to $60 a month or some, uh, an hour or something? I'm not, I'm not exactly sure of the price now, but, uh, but they do, but it is, it's very reasonably priced, much more reasonably priced than, than in-person therapy. But even even if you don't want to do that, most places you can find, and unfortunately, some of them have waiting lists, but you can find if you call uh, if you call therapists and ask about a sliding scale, which is which is paying what you can afford. Um, there are places that do it. There are um, charitable organizations in your town or sort of like, you know, um, subsidized therapy centers in a lot of places. It's it's worth it's worth seeking out. You know, it's one of the things that I really, truly one of the reasons that I wish we had universal health care was for mental health care, because there are so many things that plague us uh, uh, like poverty is one. Like, I feel like if they were and I mean, and if I ever made a gazillion dollars and I could have a really big charity, it would be getting mental health help to poverty stricken people Mm -hmm. because. I don't know how you get out of poverty when you are dealing with clinical depression. And if, and, and in order to, you know, it is a, there's a chicken and egg there uh, kind of thing. And, and you, and, and, and I mean, and there have been studies too about so many people that are living below the poverty line and how much mental, mental health, care is really desperately needed and how many people are suffering from different mental illnesses um, that it, it would just, I can't imagine there being a better way to spend money uh, than, Mm -hmm. than on that. And, and when you, you know, and when I also just think when you elevate the mental health of the citizenry, it's going to be good for everybody. It's going to, you know, it, you know, it just makes sense. It makes sense. You know, if you can look at it in your family and think, you know, somebody that's prone to violence or somebody that, you know, that's, that has addiction issues, if they can get more mentally healthy, the, the family is happier and there's less violence and there's less anger and there's less, you know, easier handle on, on addiction issues. And you just extrapolate that out into the world, and it's the same thing. If people just had better access to mental health care and a better handle on on 
getting to a healthier place mentally, it would be a much better world. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I mean, we're definitely in a, a crisis now, but it's only getting worse. Yeah. 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 There's, I mean, <laughs> it's a crazy time. It's a yeah. crazy time. It's a crazy yeah. time with a lot of like, where a lot of stuff just doesn't even make sense. Like there's like such <laughs> cognitive dissonance about so much stuff that is going on. Yeah. That, you know, you do think like, boy, the whole country could sit down for a shrink session. Uh, it, it sure seems like it needed. it. Yeah. You know? I think we could all benefit from a little bit of help. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, so your podcast, the three questions with Andy Richter, how long ago did you start that? Uh, I think about three years ago. Um, yeah, I think three years. Um, but yeah, it's been going great. Uh, and the idea behind it is, uh, again, it was kind of based on the notion of, of, of therapy and because I believe in it so much and I've been doing it for so long and it's done such, you, you know, it, it provides me with a sense of structure in my life. And, and the main thing is a sense of progress. I feel like I'm always getting a little bit better. There's not huge, huge leaps. I mean, occasionally you can feel like, wow, big breakthrough, but usually they're just like little ones. It's just like little, you talk about, and it's not like somebody's telling you what to do. It's not like you go and say, hey, daddy, or hey, mommy, here's my problem. And they say, well, here's what you should do. There's a little bit of that, but mostly what you're doing is you're sitting and you're talking about yourself, and you're putting into words things that you've been thinking about, things that you've been feeling. But there's something about the act of putting them in, putting those thoughts and feelings into words in front of a objective stranger that you're paying to. That's another component of it that's kind of necessary because yeah. you can't just do this with your friends. You got to be paying somebody um, because then there's true selflessness. You're like, damn it, I'm paying you. This is about me. Uh, you know, you don't have to care about them that much. Um, <laughs> and, and there's, and you find out you, you say things, you know, I, so many times in my life, I've talked about something that I've been thinking about stewing about, and just, there's something about bringing it into words. I'm like, Oh, well, I wait, I'm missing this whole big aspect of it. That makes it so much easier. That puts it such clarity on it. Why didn't I think of that? Oh, cause I didn't ever say it. I didn't ever talk it. So I kind of wanted that to be, um, you know, I wanted to trick people into having a therapy session, basically. And uh, Andy. And so the three questions are, I mean, you know, like a junior, you know, amateur session. Not, I'm not going to prescribe things. <laughs> um, but, you know, because driver, did you know? Uh, yeah, that yeah. Have... <laughs> why are you? Here's why you're like you the way you are. Um no, the three questions are, where do you come from? Where are you going? And what have you learned? And I mean, I, I don't it. specifically ask, every, you know, there, that's just sort of that creates the framework of the conversation. But I do think that the, that with those questions, you're kind of covering a lot of self-examination and a lot of just kind of self-analysis. And it's always an interesting conversation to me when somebody talks about what they've been through and how it's made them who they are and what they like and what they don't like about that. Like that's that kind of stuff never gets boring to me. Mm -hmm. um, 
and 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 that's kind of just you know and i mean it's played for laughs obviously it's it's meant to mostly be funny and fun and i think you can you know i mean i make my therapist laugh all the time that's one of the most rewarding laughs you can get is from your therapist <laughs> um but you know it's it's uh it, it's really it's a it's a fun conversation i always enjoy doing it it's it's um because and especially when people are 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 willing to you know uh, go there with me i guess is you know the, the corny phrase to use but if, if they're willing to if they're willing to really kind of you know yeah all right sure let's you know let's open up the control panel and see where how, how the wiring works um mm -hmm. it's it's it can actually be kind of fun you know has anyone surprised you? Um, well, yeah, you know, well, like something. Uh, uh, I just had Steve, speaking of Jackass, Steve O was on. I don't know, maybe a month or so ago, and uh, a really amazingly thoughtful, philosophical, deep guy. And there was just some things that he said that I still think about uh, that are um, that that just are, you know, wonderful philosophies about. And, it's, you know, and, and when you think about because he's been through, I mean, he basically has made a living out of destroying himself, you know, and he nearly did destroy himself with addiction issues mm -hmm. uh, and he came back from it. But, he, you know, he decided he wanted to do stand up comedy and he didn't want to do it half assed. He wanted to really do it. So he's really devoted himself to being a stand up comedian and really, you know, he's an incredibly earnest, hardworking person. Mm -hmm. And, you know, but like in a. The juxtaposition know, is yeah, funny. Yeah, I mean, throwing, <laughs> you know, I, I get, you know, I. Having a crocodile bite your balls yeah, or whatever the that that's, they do. Yeah, that's yeah, that's I mean, as far as, you know, getting on a roof and like hammering in, you know, shingles on a on a hundred and two degree day. That's really hard work. So, yeah, having a crocodile bite your balls, too. That's hard work, too. It's like it's like you're getting paid for it. It's unpleasant. It's dangerous. It's not fun. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that's that's work. He's entertaining in a way that like I would never do. I would never do, you know, I wouldn't put on uh shrimp filled underwear around a bunch of sharks, you know. Oh my God. <laughs> I wouldn't get shot in a in, you know, on a slingshot in a porta potty, a full porta potty. <laughs> That's you know. If they asked you to guest on Jackass, but you couldn't have any like warning and stuff yeah no say in what they do would you do it i i only i would have done it in a heartbeat if i were younger but now i just worry about injury like, I, I <laughs> you're mean, like i need my balls now yes <laughs> yeah or just like i just like i do not want to blow out my knee yeah. for you know uh, <laughs> for jackass 10 or 15 years ago all right sure yeah let's let's do it but like no i've got too many I got too many aches and pains. I don't want to, but I mean, you know, I mean, as a young comedian doing pratfalls, I used to do pratfalls at parties just for a laugh, you know, 
fall mm-hmm. down a flight of stairs. And I, you know, you kind of learn how to do it. You know, like you kind of, you know, through being a fan of pro wrestling and stuff, you kind of have ideas of how to, how to do that stuff. And then you reach, you know, kind of like your mid thirties and you're still doing it. And then it's like that one time where you're like, Oh man, mm-hmm. that hurts. And it's hurt mm. for a month now. You know, you just don't heal up like you used to. I didn't know you were a WWE fan. Uh, I, I mean, I have been throughout my life. I don't watch, you know, with any regularity uh-huh. now, but I have as a kid and as a, and then my young adulthood, uh, I mean, I do, I wrestling is love. Yeah. Yeah. Me it's too. just, it's such a, it's, it's such a, it's nothing like it. There's just nothing like it. It's theater and it's sports and it's violence and it's dance and it's acrobatics and, you know, and also just really, really fun, just fun. Just, yep. you know, well, just, I had a stint there. I did a yeah, I remember, porno. I, I knew you did something. Yeah, you were uh-huh. you actually a, a wrestler there for a while. How did that come about? Well, they were doing um, guest hosts for Monday Night Raw. Uh-huh. And I they called and asked, and I said, on one condition, I want to wrestle. And they didn't take me seriously. So I went and got a coach, and I started working with him in his backyard in Van Nuys, California. <laughs> and I showed up one day, and I'm like, for Monday Night Raw, and I go, okay, I have moves. I know what to do. And they're like, what? So they put me in the ring and I ended up wrestling that night. And then I kept the storyline going. Cause I'm such a fan. I know how to do it. So I was egging the girls on and doing things through social. And so it culminated with a WrestleMania appearance, but I mentioned it because the jackass guys were there this year. Yeah. Knoxville, you know, it was epic. It's doing the full on thing. Yeah. Oh my God. It was epic. And I was freaking out because I'm a huge jackass fan. Like I am forever going to be a 10 year old boy inside mm-hmm. of my body. And I live, live, live for these movies. They make me and my dad just watch them together and we cry laughing. It's like my favorite thing. So I had been like I had a countdown calendar for this movie. Uh-huh. <laughs> my, uh, it's my daughter and I have the same thing. Yeah. It's my it's daughter nice. and I have this. And in fact, when we went to it, um, <laughs> my ex-wife came, it was like the three of us went together. So it's like, and we haven't, the three of us haven't done anything, you know, I mean, uh, I've been, it, we've been split for going on four years now and it just, we're kind of getting to a point where we can kind of, do that but yeah for jackass okay yeah we can we <laughs> we, we can go there together come together and everybody yeah, else's yeah. pain forget right, about exactly. any of ours exactly <laughs> i love it um any big guests coming up that you're excited about um uh, yeah uh jack black uh michael sarah's on today uh i'm i'm talking to jack black soon uh I'm talking to christina ricci soon um very cool uh jake tapper uh is coming on uh i spoke to katie tur she hasn't been on yet uh we recorded that one so yeah i'm getting like a good a good mix of of different kinds of people uh rather than just comedians um because i mean comedians are fun to talk to but it does kind of get the same like i kind of had to there was a point where i was like okay enough stand-ups like because it's kind of you know, everybody's story is different, but and with standups, in some ways, everybody's story is the same. You know, they started doing the clubs and then it's kind of like, you know, OK, 
yeah. All right. We've heard this one, you know. There's so. a lot of good advice on the podcast too. Like I was even listening to the clip with Minnie, uh, Minnie Driver, and just hearing you guys talk about advice for young people who want to get into the business. It's like, go be around the people doing it. Yes. And eventually something will come, something yep. will happen. Um, you know, I say the same thing to our audience when they're saying like, I can't find my people. I can't find my people. I'm like, go to the places where your people could be, whether it's a yoga class or some natural pathic, you know, store or whatever, or a tavern, you know, (laughs) or a country, a country Western bar or, you know, people are go to the skate park or, yeah. I mean, you know, or, you know, like horror movies you know <laughs> and there's like yeah. some horror movie festival it's it, yeah. you, you got to figure out what you like and then think about you know you got to think about it in kind of like a calculated way which doesn't seem romantic or whatever but it's like yeah no but if you're really looking for your tribe you got to think about it you got to think mm-hmm. you know like a detective like how do i track these people down and how do i get in on it because that's yeah. that's just how it is you know and if you're so young, true. it's always good. To, you know, classes are always a good way. I mean, they're a good way if you're if you're older, too. But, you know, it, it, if you're young, you know, you can interested in movies, take some film classes, interested in dance, take some dance classes. You know, even if you're not a good dancer, you just want to be around dance that, you know. That's the thing, too, with a lot of, you know, there's a lot of support needed in a lot of these kinds of areas, too. Like, you know, not everybody. You know, not everybody in show business is in front of the camera, uh, but they love being around it, you know? Yep. Yeah. So good advice on the show and great conversation. So make sure you guys listen to the three questions with Andy Richter. New episodes are every Tuesday. Oh, my God. Uh, What happened? It's an alert. Wow. (laughs) Um, And before I let you go, I want to know your top three shows on TV right now that you love. Oh, golly. Um, the right now one, uh, Pachinko. I really like Pachinko a lot. Um, uh, Better Call Saul. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm still hanging around waiting for that. And I actually, I missed a, a season or two of Stranger Things, but I watched this last one with my daughter. And it's really, I'm really kind of into it again. And I, you know, and I sort of, she filled me in on the couple of seasons that I missed. And, uh, so I feel like I'm back up to speed, but there's just so much going on and it's so fun and so mm-hmm. big and ridiculous, um, that I'm really, I'm, you know, and those are just coming up too. So, uh, we're going to watch those together. I love uh, it. So those are I, ones. I just happened upon one that you might like called smiling friends. It's animated. I don't know it. Animated. I believe it's adult swim. Uh huh. Um, and we're obsessed with it. Yeah. So I I don't watch a I don't watch a lot of comedies for some reason. I feel like it's, uh, you know, I feel like it's like a plumber going home and watching HGTV. It's, you know, yeah, there's sometimes I don't I can't enjoy it the way just anybody would enjoy it. I see it. I see the seams. I see what goes into it. I see, you know, Mm -hmm. like, oh, I know what you're trying to do at that joke and that kind of stuff. Okay, um, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. But um, so yeah, I like well, I just saw uh, you know, like the 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 mini series of Under the Banner of Heaven. Uh I watched that, which is like <laughs> uh it's about it's about based on a uh 
a true crime story about some murders within the Mormon community. And it's not exactly a really rosy pitch picture of Mormonism. And I have some Mormon friends and it's kind of, you know, it's like if you did a story about Christianity, but just focused on snake handlers, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, it's like they're kind of focusing on the most extreme aspect of it, but it was pretty good. It was pretty good. Uh, you know, I always, I always like a murder or two throwing a murder or two in there. There's always a lot, you know, I, it keeps me going, keeps my interest. It. I love it. Andy, thank you so much. Thank um, you, Maria. All right, friends, Queens. I mean, so fun. <laughs> How dare I refer to you as friends? <laughs> yeah. So rude. That was fun. Maria. I really like sometimes episodes like that. I like, we need them. We need to throw them in there. And I feel like it was it's always goes back to like the two friends having a conversation, right? It's like, and we're flies on the wall, but I really love it. And I love someone like an Andy who you always see in this, this comedy world, like talking about like getting deep and talking about the mental health and tricking his friends into therapy sessions. I just think, I don't know. I really, really enjoyed that. And it was a, it was a like light, easy listen, but I also learned so much, which is always so fun. Thanks. Yeah. I, um, I felt like I was having, yeah, a chat. Nobody was listening to with Andy Richter, which is fun, but I really liked that notion. I mean, we always had comedy with Miss rule because, you know, life is hard sometimes and, you know, let's just have some fun with it. But I like his notion of like, you take your power back. And I think for everybody listening in, in this heel squad, um, that could be a great tool for somebody. Now it's not meant for everybody. Not all tools are for everybody. Um, my dad doesn't let me use the chainsaw, but like, (laughs) 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 he also doesn't let me use his new lawnmower, but that's a different story. But, um, not all tools are for everybody, but I do think if it resonates with you, um, it's a great way to, to live. So, um, I'm now going to think about it in those terms. So I'm really, me too. I'm really grateful for that takeaway. Yeah. I loved that. I loved it a lot. All right. Well, in the meantime, uh, leave us a review on Apple podcasts. We're so grateful for every single one of you who do. We read every single one of them. Queen, we haven't called out any in a long time. I feel like our people. Yeah. Yeah. We got to do it. On, we'll do it um, this week on a chat show. Okay, cool. We'll give them so, shout outs. Yes, because they're really, really well thought, well written, and just so, so kind. Yeah. Um, also, mariamanunos.com. We have the life hack blogs there. So every episode, the team uh, dissects and grabs all the aha moments so that you can just enjoy your listen if you're listening uh, or enjoy your view if you're viewing. But um, the blogs are there for you guys to be able to grab all of the meaningful takeaway, as well as the shop page, which has all the fun stuff that I'm obsessed with, uh, the stuff I use and that I love. And anytime something new comes into my life that I'm obsessed with, we throw on there like um, how I'm organizing my purse now, which will be a great blog because I am just, I think I finally unlocked the mystery of how to organize my purse. (laughs) And it's really making me very happy um, all the way to fashion and skincare and stuff like that. So check that out uh, as well when you have a chance. In the meantime, be nice people, make good choices and be present. 
Hey, Hill Squad, we have been on quite the journey together, and we're hearing from so many of you just how much this show is helping you heal and get better, and it makes us feel so good. We love, love, love it, and we just ask that you don't keep it to yourself. Spread the message and share the show or your favorite episode with your friends. And if you want to help us even more, you can leave us a five-star rating and a comment on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and follow us on Instagram at Heal Squad. You can also DM us anytime because we love connecting with you. And finally, you can also join us on Patreon for our monthly live heal events with world-class healers and ad-free episodes exclusive only to Patreon and our Super Heal Squad for as little as $10 a month. So go to patreon.com backslash heel squad to join. Getting better isn't easy, friends, but as I say all the time, it's a whole lot easier if we can do it together. We love you all so much, and we love doing this thing called life with you.